My name is Dr. Justin Alger, and this is the Future College Parent Podcast. Our students are going to be prepared, empowered to be making those decisions for themselves. And by for themselves, meaning for what's important to them. Hello, future college parents, moms, dads, and any family member who's helping a student get to college. Welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to arming parents like you, our original influencers, with free information and resources to help the next generation of students prepare, choose, and finance college. By college, I mean any and all education after high school or equivalent. And by parent, I mean anyone helping a young human through schooling towards college. This show is predicated with the belief that anyone can access and pay for college if they want to and should start preparing as early as the sixth grade. I am your host, Dr. Justin Alger, but you can call me Justin. That voice you heard over the intro music is the guest of episode nine, Mr. Matthew Brownstein, assistant principal at an elementary school, including grades kindergarten through eighth grade in Corona, Queens. In this episode, we discuss how parents can help students be authors of their own lives. Now, I know this may sound very broad and potentially overwhelming, but I think you'll find the advice Matthew provides will give you a strong starting point. I hope you enjoy my interview with Matthew. Matthew, welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. Thank you for being here and helping future college parents. And thank you so much for being on the Future College Parent Podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I have admired your the beginning of your podcast from afar. I've learned so much. It's honored to be part of the learning process for future parents. So thanks for having me on. Oh, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And, and I appreciate that you're helping educate our future college parents And so if we could start out, if you could share your role and describe in what capacity that you support parents and their students on their post-secondary education journey. So right now, I am an assistant principal at an elementary school in Corona, Queens. And so our work right now with elementary school students and parents is, is helping our students understand that there are different levels of education. We go, we go to middle school after this, we go to high school, and then after high school, you're going to be making some important decisions about what your post-secondary plans are going to be. And from the very beginning, helping parents and students understand that our students are going to be prepared and empowered to be making those decisions for themselves. And by for themselves, meaning for what's important to them. So doing something that is fulfilling something that they're interested in, fulfilling something that's important to them and something that's important to their community. And so all of those factors together being something that that our students are are using as they're making these decisions. So our our elementary school students are not making decisions about post-secondary plans now, but we do want to give parents and students opportunities for them to be making decisions right now. So that might look like our students making decisions about what our cafeteria is serving on Fridays. And in New York City, the plan is that there is no meat on Fridays. Our, our, our students are not that familiar with the vegetables that are served on Fridays. So there's lots of 
questions and concerns. And so our students realized from the very beginning that they play a role in, in authoring their life. So they could ask questions and learn about what the options are. They can research different options that there are. And so making decisions from the get-go are, are important. And, and something else that we work on in the beginning is helping our students understand that responsibility is something that we're instilling from the very beginning. Wow, and you get to create that environment where you're able to help students explore the ways and the explore how to make decisions and be more self-aware. And I can't wait to get to that. But can you share with us what from your journey from high school to college informs the work that you do and how you advise students? Yeah, that's it. It's, I think even beginning part of that question is just this idea of being honest and reflective of my own experience, whether it's that transition or any other one and, and making that not necessarily dictate how I respond to my students, but acknowledging that that experience is impacting how I'm responding to those students and that my experience is not necessarily going to be shared by my students. It's something that I need to continually be aware of. I think the biggest thing that I that I want to I, I put in the forefront as I'm engaging with students about decisions is just reflecting on those moments when I just very much didn't know anything. And recognizing with humility and honesty that when I was a high school student transitioning to college, those moments where I thought I knew what I was doing, there were those moments where I was stuck and recognizing that, you know, our, our students are going through some confusing times that where they don't necessarily have answers and the people around them don't have answers e either. And so recognizing that there's some confusion, inherent confusion in that when, but also recognizing that there are lifelines and spaces of stability that we can create that are, are, are super helpful. And so for me, as a high school student transitioning to secondary, I remember some of those relationships that played a huge role for me in not necessarily helping me decide what college to go to, but as a sounding board for trying to make sense of what questions I should be asking when I go to the college visit, um, what should I be looking out for? And they're not necessarily giving me those that criteria, but creating a space where I can process and interact with them out loud about it. And that's what I needed. Like I needed to just process out loud with someone. And our, our students might need something else. But as a parent and as someone who's looking out for their best interests, knowing going in, okay, relationships are really important. They're always important, but they're especially important right now. And being aware of whether or not your student has someone to go to at this time. And the person who they want to go to may not be the person that you want them to go to. And being ready to be with that discomfort and be ready to be that person who may be ready to be with that discomfort and also be ready not necessarily to be in position to clean it up and close the gap for them and that person for them to help them make some some decisions down the road may not be right there in the initial community circle just yet um, and it might be someone that they in encounter down the road 
And I think the biggest thing is really remembering to be patient with that process and recognizing that it's not linear, that you were confused once as well. Relationships matter a lot. And we're not necessarily seeking answers in these relationships. We're, we're seeking a, a safe place to process all the things that come up in a, in a difficult decision. I like, and it sounds to me like you, so you, you recognize and you, you're humbled, you're humbled in that you know that you don't know, or you're, you're humbled and comfortable in knowing what you don't know and relying on those relationships to help you navigate it sort of together. I think. Right. Absolutely. And, and the navigation is still going to be challenging. You're not necessarily going to know where to go on the map, but it's, you know, you can take solace in, in, in that companionship in those challenging decisions. In our LinkedIn conversation, you said, I'd be interested in exploring ways to support parents to create conditions where students have the space to be more self-aware learners and people so they're empowered and ready to make informed decisions about their post high school plans. So I just think that that's, that's yes. fantastic that we're, that we're talking about, or when I read that, I'm thinking of all sorts of in home environment, outside of school environment, yes. discussing the school environment. But can you tell me what it is that you, that what you were thinking there? When I think of preparing our young people to be self-aware and empowered decision makers, I'm thinking about our young people becoming adults, our young people feeling the confidence and the confidence in their ability to analyze the choices in front of them, recognize that they're not going to always make the right one and, and have the resilience and the ownership of their decisions to proceed and to learn from it. So in the context of college and leading up to it and in it and afterwards or post-secondary plans, for our young people, there are few times in their lives where the decisions are more complicated than that. And and for our parents too, it's extremely complicated, probably the most complicated decision for them as well. And so when we're, we're thinking about all the moves leading up to some of those larger, more impactful decisions, you know, educators and parents being mindful of what are we setting our young people up to do? And again, I'm saying young people a lot because, you know, it could be your kid. It could be someone who, you know, the relationship and you're as a guiding person in their life could, could vary. And I'm also saying young people because we can't forget that they're people. They're not just students. They're not kids. They're just young versions of the, the people who they are becoming. So being mindful of what, we, what are we setting them up to do? And so I, I appreciated how you talked about that within the home context, within school, outside of home, because there are so many different opportunities that can be created and or opportunities that are just there in front of us where we model for our young people and we can encourage and inspire them to begin to see themselves as decision makers, see themselves as being people who take responsibility for their lives. Um, and that matters so much because not only does that lead to them making decisions that lead to conventional happiness and success, you know, think of that standard checklist and they find their major they like, they or they find that job that they want. They move to the place they want to be. They can afford those things. You know, like that that standard checklist. More than that, it can lead to a life of meaning and a life where 
our young people think that they matter and have agency over certain things in our world, not all things. And that, and that's where we find meaning. Okay, good. It's difficult for, for students with certain personalities or maybe in, in different types of communities. Now, how do you, how do you convey the message to a student or students who aren't getting that message or they're not understanding concepts like responsibility and how do you convey that message to parents to help help them or help their students to be better in the classroom and to be better uh, take more responsibility for for their actions or more responsibility for the their engagement in the learning material in the classroom and such that's a really good question i I think whether you're the person who's having a conversation with the student or if you're the person having a conversation with the parent, it's, it's really important to start with a, a noticing. I'm noticing this and this being uh, an actional behavior. So, for example, I notice this is an easy one. I notice that you when it's time to write down your homework, your notebook is blank giving them then an opportunity to say, so what's going on? And asking that question, what's happening? Um, because in that moment right there, that student might actually take responsibility and show you that they know that lesson right off the bat. Hey, Mr. Brownstein, I know I'm not writing down my homework. I've been, I, I, I don't know why I've been doing that. I know it's important to, I'm going to start doing it. And end scene, right? Like that's what you want them to say. That's that's demonstration of the skill of responsibility. Um, and so depending on what they give you and what they say, that's when you, when you teach in. Um, so if they say, let's say, for instance, I'm not writing down my homework because I don't think it's important. Okay. We're not judging that right there, but you are going to share what your perspective is, which is, so when we don't write down our homework, I'm worried or I'm concerned, whatever language you feel most comfortable using, um, that if we don't write down our homework, we're going to forget what the homework is. And so the expectation is that you, we know what our homework is when we go home. So, and then that's when we pivot into, so what are we going to do about it? Because the expectation is you take responsibility for your homework and you know what it is that you need to do. And then we're not just depending on someone else to do it for you. So if you're not going to write down in your notebook, that's not the priority expectation. The prior expectation is you know what that works. So maybe maybe the result and the solution is they're going to write it down in a different pad, or they're going to write it. They're going to type it into their iPad, or they're going to record it on their audio. Whatever the case may be, the expectation is you're taking responsibility for your for your for knowing what the homework is. And as you're entering in that conversation as a as a as a guiding presence, it's so helpful for you to come in with that priority. It's like I I, I want to teach responsibility here. I'm not, I'm not going to stress about the use of a homework notebook. Like that's not the expectation. The expectation is, you know, what your homework is. So, so coming in with a really clear priority around what you're trying to teach there, I think is, 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 is the right educator move. And, and if you're a parent in that situation, it's the right parenting move. I like how you frame that you, that you make observations based on based on events or data or things that you've observed and it's not based on on a feeling or or a thought that you have and i also like that you suggest that we don't come at it adversarially 
because we know that that's not going to work for sure, right? In that you're you're uh, approaching with an attitude of care, right? Because I think we want to see, as parents, we want to see our students be successful. And I love that you're giving me the thumbs up, right? Um, yeah. And we want to see our students be successful and whatever that success means to them. But I do think that your point is so well taken that it starts by building that relationship as soon as possible starts to lay that groundwork for those conversations when when you get to have those parental moves experiences that that'll be age appropriate at the time it'll make it that much easier because you've done the work to begin with to create that culture of care with right. your student at home that's a fantastic point one thing that comes to mind on that and i and even as a parent of a, a really young kid I fall into this, and so I can imagine someone with an older kid feeling this as well, where you're like, oh, I should have started this earlier. And I mean, there's there's always that. You're always gonna you're always gonna look back and and see ways you could have done things better. And I, I think in that moment when you're thinking that, maybe pat yourself on the back because it shows that you're you've learned something since then. Um, that's the only reason why you would do something differently is because you now are smarter and wiser. Um, and also there are certain things that you can instill, I think in your student, uh, different things at different times developmentally. And please know that at every developmental phase as someone who's worked with students, someone who's worked with students from the age of five until 18, there's a lot of work to do, a lot of learning to do at all phases. So if you feel like you missed some learning opportunities back when they were little, don't worry. There are more learning opportunities ahead. How do we engage with our students in a meaningful way where, we, where we're not throwing our life experience at them to say, oh, I know, I know how this ends, right? Or I know where this is going. Uh, while still empowering them to, you know, continue to learn how to be aware and learn how to be a member of a, or be a part of a relationship? That's a really good question. I think part of it, and this is a little bit of a cop-out, but part of it, I think, is a foundation that you've set leading up to a more challenging moment. And so the reality is, our our lives with our students there are so many moments and most of the moment moments are very mundane on the surface but can be possible opportunities to have some of these conversations in really low stakes way so i guess this is not a cop out my 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 suggestion is to have as many low stakes conversations as possible and i justin i think you said it really well like modeling it for yourself you know modeling it with actions you know, you're a parent, you're a professional, you're a, an athlete. You probably have lots of identities about who you are, but don't forget that you're also hopefully a friend and, and, and you have friends and invite friends over and show them what you, your understanding of a healthy relationship looks like. Um, so there's that, but also if you're having some challenges with the friends, like this is a move that I don't do with my six-year-old yet, but I, I will at some point and I do. I, I did a lot with middle schoolers. I did with high schoolers as well when I when I was a, a high school teacher. 
is I'd bring, bring to them a challenge. Some of the challenge would be, most of it would, would be grounded in reality. And sometimes I would sprinkle something on top that would be personally relevant to what that student is working on. But I would ask them for advice. What would you do? You know, and I have this friend who is consumed by their partner. All they talk about is that partner. And, and here's the thing I'm worried about, Jonathan, is that if this person is so consumed, if that relationship fails, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared they're going to be miserable. Like, what do I say? And have them talk it through. And, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to say some things that are going to be super insightful. One, because our students are insightful. And two, it's a lot easier to be insightful when it's not about you, right? So laying the foundation for your setting up your students for success, having low stake conversations, um, creating some space between them and some sources of conflict, making your home a place where we collaborate and figure things out. It's not always going to be about something that you're screwing up. You know, it's going to be about challenges and failures that the rest of the family has as well. And you're a resource in this as well. Coming back to this idea of responsibility, like you're someone who can help people, helping your family. So that when we come back to a situation where this student is in a relationship that whatever it is, it's, it's toxic or it's a relationship that is leading towards failure and you don't want them to be consumed by it. I mean, I, I think it's laying down the foundation and and some skill building surrounding it where you know your your, your student is, is going to be either ready to show some resiliency in in the face of failure um not show some resiliency but maybe take responsibility by seeking community support um and you know what your student may do neither of those things and then you're there to give a hug and you're there to empathize. You're there to be compassionate. And then when the time is right, we'll learn from it. I like, and if we, and if we translate this to post-secondary plans, I'm thinking of examples where you're, where you're providing a, a real life example, or maybe it's your, maybe you're sharing your personal experience. So for example, maybe you say, okay, um, when I was in the, in the insert grade, right? I had thought, okay, I'm going to go to insert dream school name, or I'm going to be a star athlete, or I'm going to be an astronaut. And then having those right. conversations at that sixth, seventh, and eighth grade to sort of put the, the, first of all, it puts the bug in the, in the students here that there's an opportunity for a discussion here about what we're going to do after we're done with our high school or equivalent, but also here are some of the, of the opportunities or here are some of the areas that we can focus and we have them have those conversations now in that low stake environment. And as you suggested, that lays the groundwork for when you're having those really important conversations later on. And if I could connect to that briefly, low stakes could be still about the content that you are, might have down the road, right? So when things are all smooth and chill, we start talking about post-secondary opportunities where they don't have to make a decision right away. 
I, I, I find in my experiences as an educator, not yet as a parent, but certainly as an educator, that it's not just the groundwork can be set, not just by talking about the same content that you want to be talking about down the road, but there's actually some collaborative problem solving it might be worth fact checking. It might, the, the term might have changed. But this idea is that one of the ways we help our, our students to take responsibility for themselves is that they learn how to reflect and, 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 and figure stuff out. And so there are skills involved in doing that. So if we give students opportunities to reflect and figure stuff out about easy stuff, that, that those skills, not easy stuff, but easier stuff, like what clothes to wear or what movie are we going to watch? You know, the content is low stakes, but the skills they're building are consequential and can be transferred and translated to way more challenging uh, questions down the road. And so at this point, that's all the questions that I have for you. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. And I so much appreciate you sharing your knowledge and experience. And thanks again for being on the Future College Parent Podcast. Thanks for having me and look forward to just being part of these larger conversations that matter for parents and, and students alike. has a handle on how to appropriately navigate relationships. Plus, he's so polished and calming. And I hope you're able to see the link between building strong and involved relationships starts as soon as possible and is always ongoing. Now, there's so much Matthew and I discussed in this episode, and I want to share with you five things I learned from my talk with Matthew. Number one, as a parent, it's okay to not have all the answers. I repeat, you do not have to have all the answers. You can create a space of stability to provide a sounding board for your student and find the answers together. Number two, be patient. Relationships don't always go in a straight line. Be okay with discomfort. Number three, when discussing expectations with your student, be sure to focus on priority expectations using observed behavior. Remember Matthew's homework example where it was observed the student did not write down their homework assignment. You can empower your student by sharing your expectations and giving them the opportunity to take responsibility. Number four, have low stakes conversations with your student often. These conversations will assist you in developing a deeper connection with your student and allow you to become more approachable when higher stakes conversations arise. Number five, don't think it's too late to develop a better relationship with your student. You can start to make progress in the relationship you have with your student at any time. Just realizing that makes you smarter and wiser. And bonus number six, share relationship challenges with your students. Relationships in different aspects of your life aren't always perfect. It's okay to share challenges you have in your life's relationships to role model how to appropriately navigate these challenges. What did you learn? Here's your homework. I'm empowering you to write your homework down please head to futurecollegeparent.com where you can access the Future College Parent Network and post what you learned by listening to this episode and engage with other listeners so we can learn together. Also at futurecollegeparent.com, you can access the show notes for a wealth of information on the items we discussed during the episode and check out all of our social platforms. While you're at it, please share the podcast widely with other parents, leaders of activities your school is involved with, and your school administrators so they can share with your school district. You can also let parents know the show is streaming directly from the website and there is no need to download anything. 
Just point your browser to futurecollegeparent.com and enjoy. The show is also available on your favorite podcast platforms. I want to thank Matthew for coming on the show. Be on the lookout for a new episode on Wednesday, June 15th, and continuing Wednesdays every two weeks after. Thank you for listening to the Future College Parent Podcast. Podcast.